It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Four-Legged Life. Four-Legged Life. Four-Legged Life. Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We welcome great guests today. First up, we will introduce you to a new breed of canine cops and they're talented humans. And then we will chat with Nancy Hassel. She's the founder of the American Pet Professional Group. She's going to introduce some awesome pet business tips. All right. First up, I salute our two guests. We have Sergeant John Farrell and Officer Rachel Jolliffe. They're from the police department at Northeastern University in Boston, Mass. Joining them is a real big dog on campus. I'm talking Cooper. Cooper is a new breed of canine cop. Hey, all of you, welcome you both, Rachel and John. And hey, pause up, Cooper. Pause up. (laughs) This is kind of a new trend in the world of uh, law enforcement. And I am so jazzed. I humbly have a therapy dog named Kona. But Cooper outranks Kona. So first up, we have Sergeant John Farrell. Tell us, what kind of cop is this dog, Cooper? Well, he's an English cream retriever. Okay. If I'm saying that right. And uh, Cooper is a community resource dog, a CRD. Okay. As as we call it in cop talk. And he's meant to be just that, a resource to our community. And he has been. He's been knocking it out of the park. He's been absolutely fantastic. So canines have been around in policing, obviously, for a long time. Uh, it's a new breed of, if you know, pardon the pun, of... Uh, <laughs> oh, we're full of puns uh, on this show. Of, <laughs> of canines. Yeah. That, um, uh, you know, Rachel's going to tell you a little bit about the, the, the training that she and, and Cooper went through. Rachel's his handler. But they went through some pretty intense community resource dog training uh, with our friends from Golden Opportunities for Independence. uh, Yes, we want to give them a shout out. Yeah, Yeah, they've they've been great. So I know Cooper's name, and we're going to get Rachel up for this answer. Cooper had his name was, there was a whole campus-wide contest to name Cooper. And I kind of like the backstory and how Cooper got the name because it references one of the programs on campus, right? It does. Cooper was named after our co-op program. Get it, guys? Cooperative <laughs> education program. Koopa. Okay. So what made you say, I think I want to have a, um, a partner that has four legs and a tail? I joined the engagement unit roughly five years ago, and I was looking for a new way to connect and engage with our different communities on campus. And I was seeing an increase in emotional support animals on campus. So I thought if we got our own canine unit, that would help us connect and engage with students. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, Sergeant John, what do you mean? So people, students are bringing 
emotional support animals to campus? And what's some of the reasons? Uh, a wide variety of reasons. Um, you know, they, they have to register their uh, support animal through the uh, Disability Resource Center. Okay. Eastern, which is fine. And uh, these animals are, are helping students cope with uh, a whole host of issues, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD, yeah. a range of things. And so it's been... Uh, we have seen as a police department that that these pets have have been uh, a great resource to students and it was rachel's brainchild uh, really to come up with the proposal um she mentioned the unit uh, that that we're a part of i i, I run a, a unit here called the community engagement unit okay uh, the concept of engagement is key to what we believe makes a successful Police department. Um, that means you, you talk to students, you interact, right? Exactly <laughs> right. We, in order to in order to build trust between yes police and and the people they're called to preserve preserve uh, protect and serve, uh, you have to have communication. You have to have meaningful connection, and that isn't always easy to do. It and as a matter of fact, it can be it can be quite challenging. People have a, a host of reasons why they are reluctant to speak with police. Sometimes the only uh, connection uh, that, that one makes is after, after someone's been victimized in some way, shape or form. So uh, um, it was Rachel's idea to let, let's get a, a canine uh, for the purpose of engagement. And yes, I love that. You put together a, a tremendous proposal that just took uh, traction and then it was okay, let's pursue this. And I'm laughing because I think this is important work, but wake up, Cooper. Quit napping. He's, <laughs> He's taking so a nap chill there. right now. <laughs> he is absolutely chill. Well, Rachel, um, um, let's talk about some specifics because there are service dogs and they're highly trained. And there is a little bit of a gray area with emotional support because um, sometimes people don't properly train their dogs and, and they could be a little unruly. Obviously not Cooper. Cooper's been specifically trained. What kind of training process did you two undergo? How many weeks? What are some of his um, superpowers, would you say, <laughs> on campus? Cooper trained with Gofi, uh, Golden Opportunities for Independence out of Walpole, Mass. And he was fit at about four weeks old out of the litter. And his training started shortly after that. And it wow. was months of training. And he received four different certificates of completion through the AKC out of that training. I'm and thinking canine, good citizen. Yeah. What are some of the other things? Yeah. Puppy star, canine, good citizen, public access, and then the CRD certificate. Okay, cool. And it was roughly 18 months. Of right. And you have background in pets. I mean, I know I'm going to just spill the beans. In addition to being an amazing officer on campus, Rachel is one of the newest people to be certified as a professional pet first aid CPR instructor with Pro Pet Hero. I teach the program. That's how I met Rachel. So what's your take on being able to get your two loves of, of law enforcement and, and, and dogs as, as a job? It's really, it's a dream. It's everything and more. I also, I am very, very lucky. I love what I do. I can wake up and enjoy going to work every day and love what I do. And how old is Cooper and how much does he weigh? 
Cooper will be two in October and he's roughly 70 pounds. And so he's going to grow a little bit more, right? A little bit. Yep. And when's his birthday? Cause I'm an October baby. Maybe we're twins. I don't know. October 19th. Oh man. October 6th. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, what is one thing we're going to go to a break in about a minute, but what is one thing that Cooper does that turns heads on campus? Either one of you can answer that. Uh, he uh, is so damn cute. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of what he does. Um, the, 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 the fact is I'll ask her to come back to the office. Uh, hey, I need you back here by such and such time. And she'll be 15, 20 minutes late. I'm texting her. I'm calling her. And she's like, I left four minutes ago, but he just walks through and, and students go, oh, is that Cooper? Can, I, can we see him? And so he just, I mean, people. He's stop. a rock star. It's hard he, to get really from here he really to there is. when you have and, a rock star, right? Yeah. And then, you know, what? after the break, maybe we could talk more about the fact of what happens um, in that engagement. once. Right. They We're going to plunge in. has been. That's what's been key to the success of this guy. I have a feeling Rachel has never been late until she got partnered with Cooper. Right, Rachel? <laughs> Absolutely. 100% <laughs> correct. Hey, everybody. We're speaking with uh, Sergeant John Farrell and Officer Rachel Jolliffe. And we've got the sleeping Cooper in their lap. They're at Northeastern University in Boston. We're going to plunge into more about what they do and what Cooper does after we take this uh, little break. So... Listen to our sponsors, sit, stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're talking with Sergeant John Farrell and Officer Rachel Joliffe. They're at the Northeastern University campus in Boston, and they've got something of a trend setting. And this is happening across not only on campuses, but in cities. Um, I know in South Florida, I actually write a pet column for them, and there is the police dogs that do search and rescue and do sniff out narcotics and get the bad guys and bad gals. Hey, could happen either way. And now you've got a new breed of canine cop. And I'm thinking going to college, going to a university can be pretty stressful. It's first time away from home. You have major tests, you have reports. Rachel, tell us the role that, that Cooper is playing because I think he's going to lift everybody's grade point average and elevate their moods. He does. Cooper is very good at providing emotional support to students and staff. He students will call up before a test and ask just to visit with Cooper or really time adjusting to college, whether it be they're homesick. Uh, We get students that do one on ones for a different array of reasons. It could be for mental health, stress, anxiety, depression or just regular stressors of everyday life. And I understand you say emotional support. So what is he doing? Um, Give me, I know you can't give a specific student's name, but can you give a specific example where you sat back and went, that's my Cooper? Yeah, we have a student that came in. He had lost um, his aunt very unexpectedly. 
recently and he came in and he sat with Cooper a couple times a week for about a month. Wow. Come in and Cooper would pick up on his emotional state. And sometimes Cooper would just be goofy and do goofy things and get a chuckle out of him. And then sometimes yeah. he did his pressure and he would lay on the boy's lap and just act as a weighted blanket. Nice. And yeah. what quality, uh, Sergeant John, do you think it takes for a dog like Cooper to be uh, in this new role of canine cop? How do you know that they are intuitively tapped into your emotional state and know what to do? Well, we, we had to rely on the on the uh, folks at the Golden Opportunity for Independent to, uh, you know, when when he was just a pup and, and his daughter um, to look for, I guess there's certain qualities that that they look for in a dog. Um, all I know is that he, uh, he, look, I mean, he just, he's friendly with, with, with so many people. I, I honestly believe that he senses whether he just picks that up. He's naturally. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, or, everybody or on radio. He just gave a big old slobbery kiss to uh, Rachel. Yes, go ahead. Or, or if it's part of his training, but uh, there'll be days when I'm stressed and I'll sit down and we'll be talking. Uh, we were talking uh, just before the show began. I was t- telling Rachel about. You know, something I was stressed about. He, um, I don't know if he heard the word or he just sensed it, oh, but he's, he felt your emotional state. Been, they smell our pheromones. On, he's, yeah, yeah. He's been on me the whole time. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can, there's other, uh, she, she gave an example. There was, um, there was a student that, uh, got off a, uh, a train here in Boston and he was just randomly, uh, attacked by somebody who was punched and uh, turned out that the, the subject was just uh, had some uh, some issues and it was just a random attack. But after that, uh, we, we obviously would have responded. He turned out to be a student. Um, we gave him, you know, took the report and, and gave him the uh, list of services that the university offers. And we also this is where we're, we're thankful to our brothers and sisters on patrol because they're now saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, I can I know you've been traumatized by this incident. Um, you know, we, we do have this dog, Cooper, and, and he had said, oh, yeah, I've seen Cooper. I'd love to meet Cooper. Excellent. And he visited for weeks after that, um, came to came to the our headquarters and just hung out, just hung out with Cooper. And that was all it took to get him, um, you know, back. Obviously, that was a very traumatic experience. Um, but um, that's, that's another. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, I, I was doing some research and I understand that when Cooper had his first birthday, you all had a dog friendly cake for him on campus and everybody joined. I mean, he literally is probably a big dog on campus. Wouldn't you say, Rachel? And how is it? I mean, you start your day, how, you're walking all over. How big is this campus? You're getting your miles in with Cooper. Can you kind of give us that flavor? Yeah, Cooper's day is built around whether we get requests for him through students or staff. We do engagements and then we just do walkthroughs on campus and we average a couple miles a day just walking through the campus. Our campus is about 73 acres. Okay. Which isn't that big, but we walk all around the different populated areas where students will be and they really think of him as a celebrity. They run (laughs) after him. They take selfies with him. Nice. I bet you're the one having to hold the camera sometimes, right? It's never you. It's always the dog, right? Yep. (laughs) And and the 
Go ahead. No, I was going to I was just going to say the key to the success of those moments when they do come up is that Rachel as the handler will use that opportunity to uh, engage with the student. Uh, where are you from? What do you study? Excellent. What do you know about our department? Um, do you know that we uh, teach CPR and self-defense classes and we offer this service, that service? And and it begins, He's an icebreaker, isn't he? Cooper's yeah, it's an icebreaker. Breaker. And it's it's all so many times um, uh, students have told us that, you know, I, I, I never would have just come up and started talking to a, a uniformed police officer. I like that. Okay. Um, we got about a minute and a half left. So what yeah. is there any silly special tricks Cooper does besides look darn it adorable? He does his boops. Cooper. Boops? What's yeah. Boop. 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 Give me a boop. <laughs> so she gives you a little nose on the face. Other things? That's how maybe? he gives his little kisses. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if boop is a uh, professional term, but it's. Hey, it, it's working, isn't it? It's a nudge, I guess, like a loving nudge. So is he going to be able to go to class and maybe get a Ph.D., which is pretty happy dog degree? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to make that happen. Sure. All right. We got about 45 seconds for each of you. John, you've been a police officer a long time. Yeah. New breed. You like him? I absolutely do. He has, I said, I say it all the time. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He's knocked it out of the, out of the park. He's, he's making conversations happen and relationships happen between police and those they serve. Uh, That's that, good. That would not have happened were it not for him and his personality. He's been great. And Rachel, he comes home with you, doesn't he? He does. So does he take his uniform off and become a dog? He does. We'll take his vest off. And then he knows he's just a dog. All right. We've been speaking with uh, Sergeant John Farrell and Officer Rachel Jolliffe, and they're at Northeastern University. Um, That's right. Go Huskies. What's that? Go Huskies. That's go. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. You got a lab, but your your mascot is a Husky. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. And when we return, we're going to have our second guest, and that is Nancy Hassel. After we take this uh, little break, so. Listen to our sponsors. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Have you missed any of today's episode? Well, stop chasing your tail. We post past episodes and full-length video versions of our guest interviews on our website, fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back. Did you miss us all? This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. Our next guest doesn't need a crystal ball to predict pet trends. She makes it her business to bring out the best in pet professionals in all types of industries, from the solo entrepreneur to the person in a huge pet uh, company. And she's also a proud pet mama to a very popular canine named Cody. Everyone give pause and applause to 
to the founder of American Pet Professionals, the possum, Nancy Hassel. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Arden, thank you so much for that intro and for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here. Um, we're going to talk about the American Pet Professionals in a minute, but I think all the ears perked up when I said, Cody, Cody, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Your dog has 5,000 followers on Facebook and how many on, on Instagram? Not that many on Instagram. Oh, I mean, uh, on, uh, who's, what's the other one he's big TikTok. on? He's TikTok. Growing on, he's growing on TikTok. He's got, a, I think, 11,000 it is now. So we're, we're growing on TikTok. We're not quite as big as some of the pet uh, people on there, but it's a lot of fun. So I saw a, a segment on TikTok where your beautiful pity, uh, gray and white, right? Yep. Silver and white. What do you want to call them? Gray yeah, and white? Gray and white. Uh, they, they call it blue, but he's oh. gray and white. Yep. And he, you were having him try on outfits. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to wear clothes. He's the only dog I've ever owned that loves clothing. <laughs> it's hilarious. So he's a pity, but a clothes hound. Yep. Yeah. Huh. And a food hound. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how you two came to be together and what are some tips that you can give others? Cause she is the founder of American pet professionals to be able to properly safely showcase a four-legged star without yeah. causing them stress. Absolutely. Well, so uh, I, I met Cody in an animal shelter two days before Christmas. I was bringing the dogs their treats. I knew the director at the time and he just was very chill. And he was probably, I don't even know how old he was a puppy, but he wasn't puppy, puppy, tiny. Right. And um, I just was like, this dog is the most relaxed dog I've ever seen in an animal shelter in my life. So I kept giving him treats, kept giving him treats. Long story short, after six months, I was finally able to adopt him. I thought he would have been adopted. I was trying to get him adopted. Um, but I've had him for seven years now and he has wow. just been such a great dog. He's got such an even keel personality, bomb proof as they call them. Um, he has no prey drive. <laughs> like bunny. Nobody has a pizza drive, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Food drive. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Food. He loves food. He is also the, um, very vocal. Like he's very talkative. He can say, I love you. He can do Chewbacca. Well, come on. I, I, I need to hear you emulate Cody because this is for radio and YouTube. Come on. Let's hear it. I can't do it as well as he does. He does it in dog language. You know, I love you. I love you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but he also makes noises like a motorcycle. Like he's had, I've had the craziest comments from people. Like sounds like a whale. He sounds like this. He sounds like that. And I'm like, well, that's a first. So um, he wow. was very excitable, but he does love to wear clothes. And back to your question on like how to keep a pet comfortable. I think know your pet, right. And know what they like and don't like. Um, he happens to love clothing. My last dog did not like clothing. Like he loved the snow. He hated to wear Cody had short hair. Um, but Cody will wear pajamas. He will wear a dog winter coat. Like he does not like his feet on the wet grass or stuff like that yet. He'll go swimming. So I'm like, what's the problem here? Um, I know some so, people like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so, I like your point first. Know your pet. Yep. It, it's just like, don't force your kid to play Little League if they really want to play soccer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also pay attention to the cues that your dog or pet is giving you. I think that's so important. Like Cody is very boisterous and excited and always loves to meet people. And then when he gets vocal, people are suddenly coming up with their phone. Oh, I missed that. Can I get it again? Pay attention to your dog because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, he was good. I, I'll hand them his little business card. Like you can follow him on social. There's a million videos of him doing that. 
Because I can see when he's getting stressed out, right? Okay. I can see like, okay, his body language has changed a little. Like he looks at me and I'm like, are you ready to go? And we start going and we just say thank you to everybody and we walk away. So I think that's a really important thing, regardless if your dog is on social media or not, just in general, you know, pay it, attention to your Yeah. And, and you've got a pity and I have a name for pities. I call them meaty cheeks. Because when they smile, they got their yeah. made, made, made cheeks. Yeah. Um, how House is hippo. Cody <laughs> Cody helping the breed? Because they used to be nanny dogs back in the day. I think people are getting over uh, some concerns about pities because any dog can bite anybody at yeah. any time. And, you know, you're reading the body language. And I think that's critical. But how is he in the role of, of upping the breed? I wrote a blog once, Arden, called um, Changing People's Minds with Every Tail Wag because oh, that, good. yeah, that is exactly his personality. Um, it has gotten a lot better. I mean, with my last dog, people were scared. He was so cute. I'm like, I don't know. What are you scared of? He's, he's not doing anything. He's just walking, you know? Yeah. But um, it was honestly, when I had my Doberman, people were way more scared of her. They would cross the street and she was a registered canine good citizen. She had her therapy dog. She was super sweet, you know? Um, but she's also a very good um, guard dog. So okay. she could, you know, keep you safe. But she was the best dog. And with Cody, it's the same kind of thing. He just, he, I've had people say I've never pet a pit bull before until I wow. pet your dog. This dog has completely changed my mind. I am a big advocate of responsible dog ownership. I don't care what breed you have. Good. A lot of times it goes to the person's own denial about their dog. I've known people who had dogs that, you know, may be somewhat aggressive, whether it's dog aggression or people aggression, and they're completely in denial about it. It, it wasn't any specific breed. No, I, I, true. I mean, you, yeah. you said it before, and I, I think it bears repeating Everyone, we really have to do an honest look at our pets. Yeah. What makes them happy? What makes them stressed? Yeah. Um, my dog, Kona, is the first dog I've ever had that knows how to intuitively bring up energy or bring down energy when meeting a dog, a cat, a person, yeah. which makes her ideal in my first aid classes and yeah. as a therapy pet. But my former Husky mix, Chipper, was great with people and cats but was kind of a B.I. you know what to other dogs and would <laughs> yeah. make them and go, hey, hey, hey. And yeah. then they would roll over and piddle on themselves. And then she would just <laughs> smile and say, OK, you're my friend. Yeah, but it was, yeah. I was always on guard with her. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think be true to your pet. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, be true to your pet. Know your pet's personality. Know their limitations when they're getting tired or stressed. Time to go on. Um, Cody will tell me in many ways if I'm walking and he just wants to keep walking and people are like, can I say hi to your dog? And that is another thing. Always ask, even if you just want to pet somebody's dog. I had some guy the other day and I was not happy about it. As I was walking, he didn't ask and he just walked over and put Cody's head Ooh. in his hands. Now, Cody, he's like, hey, how you doing? He loved it, right? It's but my I was uncle. Like, you don't know my dog and you didn't ask and he could have, you know, whatever. So just always ask, pay attention to the dog's body language. Dogs tell you so much. And I know you know that, Arden. And it's so easy to see certain distinct characteristics, the lick lifting, ears down, tail down, moving away. But yet people still approach and on them. So just ask. And if the person says to you, you know what, it's, I don't think so today. I like to tell people, if you don't want your dog to say hi to another dog, regardless if it's like Cody and loves everything on the planet, right? 
If you don't want your dog to say hi, or if you don't want your people to pet the dog, you can say, oh, thank you. But today we're training Good. very nicely. And they can't say anything else to that. Hey, everybody. We're speaking with Nancy Hassel, a dog expert extraordinaire, also the founder and president of American Pet Professionals. So after we come from back from this break with our sponsor, we're going to dive into what the heck is American Pet <laughs> Professionals. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. You need even more Arden Moore? We're online at fourleggedlife.com. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Guess who I am? Arden Moore. And we're talking with our guest, Nancy Hassel. She is the founder and president of American Pet Professionals. This group has been helping people in the pet industry since 2009. AmericanPetProfessionals.com. So, Nancy, you've done a lot of things. You've worn a lot of collars in your life. TV producer, PR what was the uh, the aha moment that said, I think I need to create an association, an organization for people in the pet industry, which is multi, multi-billion industry, but it's almost like people are going all over the place. How did you help us rein it in? What's your aha moment? Yeah, so definitely my, thank you for that, by the way. My aha moment was a few things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to sum it up pretty quickly. Um, I have always had one foot in the pet industry while I had other full-time careers, whether it was pet sitting, researching, reading pet trade magazines, knowing that I wanted to do something, but I wasn't really sure what. Um, one of the things that irked me was people having too much competition among their businesses because I'd rather see people work together regardless of what you do in the pet industry. I think it's um, better for our community. It's better for the pets. It's better for the pet parents. And my aha moment, I think, was I was sitting at a uh, networking event next to the only other pet professional. And um, it was a networking event for all business types. And she asked me. And where were there... you? What I think because everybody can tell yeah. you're, you're <laughs> you from where? <laughs> of Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Be proud. Be proud. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so we were at a networking event on Long Island and it's on, not in everybody, just in case you were wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so anyway, we were sitting at a networking event and, uh, it was December of, or November of 2008 around that time. And she said to me, Hey, are there any other pet professional organizations? Cause she was just coming back to the Island from, um, veterinary college. And I said, there's a veterinary, um, association that might work for you. And I sat there and I looked around at the networking event and I was like, it's really funny that she is the third person in the last two weeks that has asked me, is there a pet professional organization on Long Island? And I was like, hmm, I could host one of these networking events. I was already teaching responsible dog ownership classes and working with a few other pet uh, professionals in the industry local to where I was. So I put together a networking event and we had people from all over Long Island, three different states and all five boroughs of New York City attend in the middle of the winter, in the middle of the recession. And I was like, wow, this this is is needed. Yeah. And then we just went from there. So where are you now? Give us some stats. What uh, kind of uh, numbers can you talk about as far as people and groups being part of American Pet Professionals? 
Now we have over 70 categories of professionals. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And when we first started categorizing people so they could have that listed on their um, directory, we only had about 25 to 30 different categories. But over the years, people would come and say, I want to join, but there's not, you know, there's no category listed. For what, what what's I kind do. of an unusual category just to give our listeners yeah, so an idea? I always, I always say this, we have a pet bereavement specialist, right? And she's been doing it for a long time before there was really anybody else honing in on that. Okay. Um, that's one. And we have pet tech categories. We have people doing incredible things that um, just kind of blow my mind. And when they come to me and they're like, oh, there's no category for us. I'm like, well, what do you do? And then they tell me and I'm like, mind blown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get so excited. I'm like, you're blazing the way. That's not even, I've never even heard of anybody doing that. So there's a lot of stories like that over the years, you know. So you have about 70 categories. How many yeah. members or those other Yeah, numbers? we have about 200 businesses and about 500 people because some of those businesses have multiple members. So. And what's the approach you take? There's like a three-prong uh, mission, isn't it, for American pet professionals? What do yes. you do? So we, I so we say we're a business networking, educational, and multimedia association. So nice. I have a TV background. I'm very big about education and collaboration and building our community, not competition. And collaboration. Profes- <laughs> yeah, we are a professional community too. So I love that. Like our members come because they want to be, you know, recognized as pet professionals in the industry and really learn. We have people that are just starting out, like they just have an idea and they're like, oh, I'm just thought of this idea, just launching a product. And then we have people that have been in the industry 30, 40 years. Wow. I know that you recently have been to uh, major uh, pet events like Global Pet Expo. Yeah. You're getting ready to go to Super Zoo yeah. coming up. Any tips for people? Because you can get overwhelmed being, I go as a media member to those things, but you can get overwhelmed and there's booth after booth after booth. What's your advice to not get swallowed up at a major event like uh, a pet industry um, expo like Global? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, it was so great to be back at Global after two years. So that was in March of this, uh, this year. And I would say, you know, there's a few pieces of advice. Um, one of the things that's newer to going to the shows is they usually have apps for their shows. Okay. And that really, really helps. I, I remember years ago, a friend of mine who was a pet retailer and a pet product manufacturer and a member, she <laughs> was going and we happened to be like, I don't know, meeting up and we do a webinar every year for our members to prep for Global and Super Zoo. We do it every year, but because there's new people that come into our organization and they just want to know. Um, but she had like a legal yellow pad. Oh, no. Pages of booths she wanted to see. And I was like, I think you could probably throw that in the garbage. And she was a fan. Well, I did so much research. I'm like, okay. And I was like, could you watch the webinar? But, you know, you want to be organized, right? right? But I think also you can definitely have your appointments ahead of time. And Good. you'll more than likely be late some of those because you'll bump into people you know, you'll get totally drawn over to a booth of something that you've never seen before. I think allow yourself some space at the shows, meaning allow yourself some time to take it all in. It is super overwhelming when you walk into the shows. Um, You know, Global was in 2020, it was eight miles of trade show floor front to back. It was nuts. Eight miles. Smaller, but it was still huge, right? Um, so I always tell people, try if you're really looking for new products, to learn about new products going as a media person or as a buyer, 
a retailer group or whatever, I always tell people go to the new product section first. Good. Good. Because yeah. I think that's an easy way to get a feel for what's at the show, not be so overwhelmed. And if you are a vendor in the new product section, make sure you have your booth number, buy your products so people can write it down and then go see you. So have phone, use your phone and, and not a big yellow pad, right? Right. Too. I think, you know, whatever is you're comfortable with, but I think the apps are really, really intuitive and they're great. Now, are business cards passe now? What What's the way to communicate? I still love business cards. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> some people have, I'll give you an example. At Global, I was in the aquatic section talking to a couple of people, asking them questions about fish. And we were, you know, having a great conversation. And I said, oh, do you have a business card? The one guy did not. And then the girl had a QR code that you just tap your phone, which is modern, right? Yeah. But then I had to take a screenshot of her QR coded website because I wasn't going to keep that open on my phone the whole yes. time. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think I've looked back at that picture. I didn't delete it, but I love business cards. I think for a business card, if you have your business card with all of your proper up-to-date information, it's really important, right? Yep. Mine is a little ridiculous because I have the front and then I have way too much stuff on the back. <laughs> but it looks I'm nice. Yeah. I'm eventually going to get rid of this because people like leave some space where people can write. Right. So what I do with the shows is I write down a little tiny thing of what we talked about right after I talked to the person. You could do this in a notebook if you're stapling okay. the card in. And then I write whatever the show was. So this year I'll, I put GPE, Global Pet Expo 2022. And for Super Zoo, I'll write SZ. Good. 2022 with a Sharpie. And then when I come back, I have a little piece of something that I can say, hey, we met at Super Zoo and we Perfect. talked about this. Hey, we're speaking with Nancy Hassel. She is the president and founder of the American Pet Professionals, AmericanPetProfessionals.com. I am so glad that you're here. We're going to have you back. Maybe we could do something fun when you're in Super Zoo. Who knows? Uh, the sky is the limit. But Nancy, I really thank you for what you're doing because you're bringing a lot of great minds together in a collaborative manner to make pets have a better life. Yes. Thank you so much, Arden, for having me on the show. And for all the pet professionals out there watching, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, I also want to take this time to thank our great uh, guests and sponsors. Uh, we had Sergeant John Farrell and Officer Rachel Joliffe. And of course, Canine Cop. Cooper earlier on the show. We thank uh, the very talented Nancy Hassel of American Pet Professionals, AmericanPetProfessionals.com. And I also want to thank our sponsor, Tevra. They make great pet products. And I thank you all for tuning in and all the stations airing our show from coast to coast. So until next time, this is Arden Moore. I'm saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. <laughs>